But some of the challenges that I think um, are twofold. So one is the past comes into play. So again, depending on what generation that you come from, there's a lot of generations that were raised in children should be seen and not heard. Super hard, I think, for women to stand up, speak up, show up, because their business esteem and their self-esteem are interrelated. So hello, 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 beautiful people of the world. Welcome back to the Happy Conversation Idea Show, the number one happiness, career, and lifestyle podcast in the world. Here you can learn and flourish with the thoughts, ideas, and the stories of the happiest and the most successful people in the world. I'm Happy Benz, your happiness host and certified career and lifestyle coach. This powerful episode is proudly sponsored by a special guest, Deborah Dermot. Deborah is a celebrated entrepreneur. She was born and raised in Vancouver, Canada. She is internationally recognized for her pioneering work with women in business. In the past 30 years, she has created seven companies with her passion for entrepreneurship and love for health and wellness. She is the founder of the Deb Demond.com, D-E-B-D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D.com. Recognized as an international speaker, a number one best-selling author and host of successful podcasts and media company. She has inspired, educated, and motivated audience of 20,000 plus to stand on their feet. This little dynamo is purpose-filled to live her mission to help women show up, stand up, and speak up in their business and personal life. Today, Deborah will happily share the profound yet simple secret and how it works. She will creatively explain you how you can prove to yourself the enormous returns possible in your own life by putting this anti-aging and wealth management secrets to a practical test. It means we can achieve nothing without paying a valuable price. So what is the price? And why should we pay? And how can we pay? Let's hear from our special guest, Deb. Special dear friend, Deborah, is on our show. Deborah, welcome to the show. Hey, I, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your precious time. It's been a while. We've been coordinating and finally we make it to come on the show. And I'm very delighted that you've given your precious time and I will not waste it. But I'm so excited that the, our audience is excited to know about your secret tips and your beauty and your, all the other businesses you're doing from over three decades. So I'm so excited. So without getting delayed, I will just dive into the questions which me and my audience and our audience is waiting to learn from us. So please tell us about why and how you got clarity to choose your highly successful career and business path. Oh my goodness. You know what? <laughs> it, it was a magic moment. Like honestly, it was a magic moment. So I'm going to, I own, I have owned seven companies and they're all in a very strong, positive minded uh, sector. But I will tell you the moment please. that I had the epiphany so I was in the music industry. Yes. Like any good person, you know, you kind of wonder if it's going to be your lifelong journey. But I was in the music music industry. And so, you know, I would get home from work at four in the morning, five in the morning, six in the morning, because that's just how it was. Yes. And so me and a couple of girlfriends went out um, after and, you know, we usually end up sitting with the band and having some chat and having later. And I don't know, five o'clock in the morning, we get home. And I literally went into the bathroom to take off my makeup. Yeah. Now, I am talking a number of years ago, because like you said, I've done 30 decades in entrepreneurship, and this was my step in. I yes. had no idea it was coming. I didn't plan it. I didn't think I'd be an entrepreneur one day. Like None of those things ran through my head. I was really kind of poorly li morally living in the moment. Anyways, I went to go take the makeup off, and I looked in the mirror, and the mirror went pitch black. Woo. Pitch, wow. <laughs> pitch black. Like, like, I was like, what? Like I couldn't see myself. And okay. whether it was 30 seconds, three minutes, it felt like three hours. And I literally had this sheer panic that ran over my body. And I was like, I can't see myself. And then all of a sudden the mirror came back. Wow. And for whatever reason, however reason, I was like, I need to stop doing what I was doing. I literally called in to work the next day. Okay. I didn't have another job. I didn't know where I was going to get a paycheck. I was, you know, I was younger and I'm like, I, I can't come in. And they're like, oh, you got the flu or something. And I'm like, no, like I can't come in. Like I'm not coming back. And they're like, you're not coming back. Like, and I mean, I'm not even the kind of person to leave someone hanging. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I'm not coming back. They're like, what? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like I had no answer for my behavior other than that, that propelled me into exploring 
other ways of living. And then I went down this personal discovery and personal growth journey and then found a flyer one day in a restaurant that I went to, took 45 minutes for me to drive there because it was the only sugar-free, gluten-free bakery, you know, 30 years ago in the city. And I saw a flyer out of the corner of my eye and I picked up that flyer and called that woman. And 30 years later, here I am. Wow. This is incredible, yet simple, yet profound incident that it happened. Something went blacked out. You were in dark, but you came in a bright new light from the dark tunnel. And you not only achieve your profound success in your business and you're helping others too. Such an incredible story and a, and a real moment. I'm very delighted. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. We didn't know this untold story of Deborah. No, I know. I, know. I just yeah. came up today. So, you know, like uh, you. I love it. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that. Please tell mm-hmm. us about is being a woman entrepreneur is more challenging or rewarding? Both. Um, I would say from someone who's, you know, I always say when I talk to people and, you know, I'm creating this big women's event right now. And so I talk to women entrepreneurs on a daily basis. I say, look, I've been an entrepreneur for 31 years. I started the first woman's networking group in my basement suite. You could bring your kids if you had them Sunday at two, because, you know, we all had to take our kids to school. I mean, it sounds archaic, but, um, (laughs) And everyone brought $2 to cover the costs for food and for drinks and everything for everybody. And we got together as a small community of these women that wanted to do something. And we didn't quite have the support. There was not one, not one networking group for women in business 31 years ago when I started. So I have to say that it was pioneering, but, you know, there was some bruises and some scrapes. I went through the, you know, families going, what? And I also went into holistic services. I mean, you know, you're going to be an entrepreneur, what you're going to sell aromatherapy, what are you doing? And so, oh, that's great. Um, so there was, there was a lot of barriers to break for sure. Okay. okay. And I think in terms of rewarding, I mean, it's so defined differently. I mean, the reward for me was being able to be, you know, the parent that could go on to the pumpkin patch on Halloween with my kid and come <laughs> home and work later if I needed to, like, I didn't have to ask anybody for time off, but okay. I also didn't get maternity leave and I didn't get sick leave and I didn't get that. So I think that's kind of what I call a flatline question where reward equals challenge. Fantastic. Well, well uh, explained. And it is very uh, challenging that sometimes we only consider these are challenges one should do or do not, but they are rewarding, but we do, we try sometimes to ignore our rewards, which we get in the daily process of our mm. beginning of our career or business, because it's not visible. And we think we are in a dark tunnel, but how you explained is very um, brilliantly that it, you emphasize on that. That is just not only challenging, but rewarding as well too. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. sharing that. Now, please tell us about what are the biggest joy you and your clients get from the health aging, anti-aging industry, because you're talking about the holistic. Can you just share about that? What joys you and your clients get that? Oh, you know what? It's the long game. Okay. It's the long game. So look, I'm 58. Right. And um, I've had, uh, you know, I've had a life. I've had friends from my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, my 50s. It's interesting. So when I go and I hang out or go to an event or go to something or a reunion or what have you with people that I used to go to school with or used to do this with or used to be in the music scene with, (laughs) particularly those guys, they're like, wow, (laughs) you look better now than you did before. And the look isn't just my skin or the look isn't just how I'm dressed. It's the look, it's the energy, it's the vibrancy. People say to me, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you accomplished so much. I'm like, I teach brain health and I actually take my own advice. Wow. You know what I mean? And so I think the anti-aging reversing of the organs, absolutely. You're going to look better. I mean, okay, that's just a given. It's just the the way the body works, but actually it's your capacity for life that I think really has been profound for me. I mean, I'm still taking on projects, you know, right now I'm training to do eight marathons. I mean, this comes from, yeah, in eight days, who knew? So this comes from a consistent consecutive choice of sacrifice sometimes like, Hey, would you like to have a piece of dessert? No, no, it's not going to work for me. Right. So there's, I mean, it didn't come with like, it came with some sacrifice. And I always say this, I am the most important piece of real estate I own. Sure. I own property. Sure. I own this. But if I don't, you know, it's like, it's interesting. People are like, 
oh, I can't afford good nutraceuticals. I'm like, uh, did you go get those pillows from winners and pay 50 bucks? Stop it. Just stop it. Stop buying unnecessary things and pour the money into yourself. True. So that's my, that's my philosophy on that. But the, 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 it's the long term goal that benefits from anti-aging. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. And I think you also said that is connected to meditation too. And I, I know and believe in your, our clients knows that, but our global audience doesn't know about the meditation you practice. So my next question is what strategies or methods of meditation do you practice and teach that helps to people not only become more uh, glorious and charming and anti-aging mm-hmm. wise, but also on a spiritual side as well too. If you can just highlight some of that. Please. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I would say God's put me here to heal the bank tellers. And what okay. I mean by that is that when people meet me, they're like, oh, you, you know, they, they, people sometimes have a picture of what someone who teaches meditation looks like. And maybe I don't fit that mold. You know what I mean? Like I might have a suit on that day and I might be in a bank teaching about meditation or what have you. Right. You know, it's kind of trendy. It hit a trend. I was in before the trend, obviously when people thought, what the heck are you doing with your life? Um, (laughs) So I think for me, one of the biggest impacts I've been able to make in terms of meditation is that um, I do it in a group format. You know what I mean? I'm like, so I'll go to retreats or people will hire me to come to events or summits or um, that kind of thing. And I, I do a lot of group retreat. So I'll, I do a lot of that because people feel comfortable. Ironically, a lot of that kind of work I've done, like people call me, you know, a professional hippie or the Ooh. professional intuitive. <laughs> and so I have this way with people that are entrepreneurs that want to be able to use meditation or intuitive services or intuitive ways of thinking to better their bottom line to make a better decision on what marketing they do. Like, seriously, I have someone coming over for a three hour session and we're doing a intuitive meditation. We'll do a meditation beforehand and we will actually lie out his whole 2023 and 2024 marketing strategy. It might seem really different, but the truth is whether it's your business, your personal life, your mental health, your physical health, if you can start in a place of calm and being tapped into source you're so much more clear and so more focused. And when you can capture that and then pour it into the project or whatever you're doing, then you're just, you're just, you have a cleaner path ahead. So I think, honestly, I do a lot in group or I do a lot of one-on-one for me personally, it's about getting quiet and, and, you know, and I'll just share something. my most powerful, profound meditations. I actually do in the bath. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing Deborah. We didn't know about that. These are the golden nuggets our uh, audience are getting. And also when you say calm and all, I strongly believe in, I do practice as a, as a career and lifestyle coach, which I do too as well. So mm-hmm. meditation, calm and being in a presence, the most biggest gift we have, and we can also share with us, the power of presence, being now, being pre- is such astonishing thing that we can experience in the entire universe, being in presence, being calm. And that's why we can learn ourselves so that we can know what we want, need, and desire so others are not confused. So I really appreciate what you exactly, uh, how you explained that part to you. Well, thank you so much. And please tell us about, so why do you feel so strongly about the direct sales marketing versus the other type of businesses? Yeah, absolutely. So the interesting thing is, you know, I told you how I came into my world of going to, um, you know, how I found that flyer and, and fell into the world of holistic medicine. Um, right before that, um, before I got, you know, I I got pregnant with my daughter, but before I got pregnant with my daughter, I was actually on my way to go get a degree in women's studies. And my goal was to work with women in the third, in third world countries. And so I love economics. I love economics. And yeah, so there's two things about, uh, the direct sales industry that I love. One is that when I was younger and, um, I was, my mom was a single mom. My, my dad had, you know, moved on, we shall say, and um, she was not left financially fluent. That's, you know, I'll put it that way. So at that time, she joined a home party company, it was called Tupperware. And at eight years old, she used to take me to these parties because she couldn't afford a babysitter. Well, it was the first time that I got to sit in what I call a circle of commerce. There was women excited, talking, supporting each other, making purchases that they felt good about knowing they were supporting someone. And it was really an interesting, it made an impact on me. And then again, when I was in the music industry, my mother got involved in the industry again. 
and she was in clothing and t-shirt dresses and she would just make a kajillion dollars off everyone I knew in the, in the clubs. And so I saw this as a positive movement, didn't really think much about it until I started, you know, until I had the vision to create my own. The two, the three things that I love about it from, from a product standpoint and quality and integrity and ethic, you know, efficacy is that the word of mouth is the most incredible form of marketing. If you don't have a good product, you better not put it in a direct sales company because we talk and people talk. And so I know that there's an, there's a higher level of play in terms of product. There just has to be, or they'll be, they, they won't, they won't survive. But the other thing is that the direct sales industry is the most equal opportunity employer in the world. True. It's the most equal opportunity employer. You can, I mean, sometimes having an MBA is not to your asset there, having drive, having heart, wanting to be a servant leader and helping others. And so when you think about that, I have seen people that have had nothing be able to work and build. Look, this is not fantasy. I, I, you know, that part about the industry, oh, you too can sign one person and, you know, fly in a jet. Let's get over that. So no one does that. That's not how it works. (laughs) So if you, you know, if you're willing and you want to, then you can. Now, the beautiful thing I love about it as well is that it's flexible and pliable. As a woman who was studying women in economics, you know, in North America, where we are, there's only 13% of the women in North America that are millionaires. But out of those millionaires, 85% of them are in this industry. Now, why is that? It is because you can stay home and work. You can be at the doctors with your kids and text. You can take care of your aging parents. Now, I'm not putting all of that onus on women, but, but by nature, that has been the defining, you know, those, those roles have been more by women. But the other thing is there's no ceiling level. Okay. It's actually an opposite. It's that the people above you will do more to rise you up because they benefit as well. And also people from the bottom are rising you up because it's you, it's, it's a win-win situation. Really? So that's why I love it. And that's why I want to, I work so hard is having people to understand it is a professional business choice. I mean, it's taught now in universities. So, okay. yeah, I, I agree that the way you explain it has logic in that too, and practically way that people on the top, they're also not pushing you to stay themselves as a top. They're also pulling you up so that yeah. you can also flourish and become financial freedom in, in the aspect too. Now, yeah. when you talk about the finance with women and finance, please tell us about what are the women's biggest challenges with the starting a new business will be that they should monitor or they should acknowledge. Can you shed light on that, please? Yeah, I mean, I think as we come into this, you know, as the world has changed in terms of side gig and new economy and all of that kind of stuff, I think it's very blended. I think it's very blended. So I think that, you know, both genders are coming into the marketplace pretty strong in relationship to to numbers. Um, But some of the challenges that I think um, are twofold. So one is, the past comes into play. So again, depending on what generation that you come from, there's a lot of generations that were raised in children should be seen and not heard. Super hard, I think, for women to stand up, speak up, show up, because their business esteem and their self-esteem are interrelated. So when I work with people, like I just finished you know, working with a client, when I work with people, it happens to be a very cool woman. Part of my work is also worth work and value work and we still don't make the same amount of money and we and and we're empathetic in how we charge and you know we're we're the first person to give something for free by nature because there has been a lot of coaching and building in that arena right so just like you are a natural giver you're more empathic someone can't afford it you want it you want to give it to them particularly if you're in the holistic world so there's been a lot of i think you have to depending again on the generation that you come from And then all, you know, there was a thing about earning your wings. That's also interesting from a generational standpoint. I mean, I'm doing a big project of 17 to 70 year old women and you have some women coming in. It's the first time in, I believe in the world where, you know, we used to have to earn our wings. So when you've been 10 years in the business, 20 years in the business, 30 years in the business, you earned your reputation, but in comes a new influx of um, younger entrepreneurs, they're getting younger and younger and younger entrepreneurs, and it's being more and more accepted. I mean, there's the universities and colleges are having a lower uh, attendance, not attendance rate, but registration rate, because yes. people are going into the world of entrepreneurship and people are like, you go, you peace, peace. Well, 10 years ago, they weren't doing that. They weren't going, uh-huh. yeah, you go, you. Right. So now they're coming in with different skills, right? You've got True. different media skills, social media skills. 
And sometimes people that have been in business for a while where this is a new paradigm, their business esteem starts to drop because they don't know how to capture this. This, okay. this generation is coming in strong, yet they still don't have the experience that this generation does. And so this is, I believe, the first time I've ever seen a collaborative where this generation desperately needs this generation. I mean, the, these people know how to shake hands, do business yeah. with their word. You know, True. they understand that. And then this generation coming in where they're really strong on a lot of, you know, AI and VR and yes. they lack the skills uh, to talk to somebody. I mean, they, they, they don't know how to close the deal in front of somebody. They, they are afraid to stand up on a stage because all they've done has been behind a camera. So yes. it's very interesting. Different, different generations, different Gen problems. Goes, yeah. mm -hmm. I appreciate that how you differentiate and you explained about that, the generation and the problem. And since the time which you started three decades ago and what the differences and transformation has happened in the AI and the new social media and all. Can you just uh, share, how do you champion practical creative ideas to produce results? So how do I champion creative ideas? To produce um, results. Yeah. Two words. Okay. Reverse engineering. I love it. <laughs> Reverse engineering. And so even those of us, I'm a creative. People are like, oh, you've had lots of businesses. And I'm like, well, just, just, just consider me like an artist, a painter, and I paint you know, a multitude of different styles. So when you have a creative idea, it's explosive and it's sexy and it's fun. And you can get, you know, you can do a brain blast and you can write down all the ideas and it's a really big creative flow. I'm like, I tell people to stay in the flow and write and write and write, get a whiteboard, write all your ideas down. Oh my gosh. And I can call this person and I can do that. And I'm like, and don't take any activity yet. Just write it down, get yes. it down, get it in a format. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to squander someone at that time and say, we should do a business plan. I'm like, just let it flow. Then, then we need to add a little bit of what I call linear or, you know, Shakishiba yeah. or whatever it is, yin yang. And then I'm going to go, okay, this is phenomenal. And yeah. now let's take it and let's engineer it. Let's yeah. take a look at this. And I usually start with the end goal. Okay. So I might do a five-year end goal and then I go, okay, so now our first year to that five-year Yes. what's our goal there and then we start to reverse engineer it and then we implement activity and then we implement needs and it's almost like a strategic business plan without going and doing the research and what have you just so that there's a relationship between all this creative flow and there's yes. some kind of plan so linearly and then it's like now let's make a decision now you know okay. you can do this in a couple hours now you know what it's going to take are you still excited you know, exactly. does this still work for you? Reverse. Yes. Okay. Then let's just go deeper. And can you fund it? Can you not? And then that's a whole different ballgame. But uh, reverse engineer. <laughs> reverse engineering. I will keep that in mind. And I will try to use and uh, learn learn and use that uh, strategy and see how it works. Because I have no doubt on your intelligence and skills. Over three decades, you've been doing that. So thanks for sharing this valuable idea and championing new idea and how you get results. Our audience might use this and they also get benefits. So please tell us about your book, which you have written. So let us learn about that book. I'm very fascinated about learning books and reading books. So please share about some ideas. How did you got inspired with writing that book and came with the idea and how many, how much audience is getting benefit out of it, please? Okay. Well, there's a number of books that I've taken to market. So you, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, and there's another big book that we're working on right now. And we know what's going to happen there. And because we're so, so I tend to work, um, my books tend to be collaboratives. Okay. <clears throat> so I pull people together that are in a certain sector. So if someone is listening and they're like, wow, I'd love to do a book together. My fellow colleagues uh, that are accountants or that are artists or the, that have something in common. We all experience this. Then I bring it together and I bring it together almost like a movement. So the last book that I, that I had um, took to market last July, right? Yes. And it was actually, ironically, in the direct sales industry, right? Yes. 22 women entrepreneurs yes. in history-making couples. And so what we do is when you collaborate, the whole idea around that book, every book has its own mission. You know, I've got one I'm working on right now with 262 women. Yes. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. So <laughs> the, the 22, right? The 22. So the mission of that book was collectively was to share your stories. Yes. To tell your story. You had to be a six-figure income earner and five years in the industry, because yeah. you're going to tell your stories and you're going to tell people how you got successful. And so you have to have had, you know, a couple of butt kickings in there. And so 
So as they told their story, it was a relatable plethora. Now it might've been in the direct sales industry, but anyone can read it. Any entrepreneur can read it because you will relate to those stories. There's men in there, there's women in there, there's couples in there. And so there's short stories, five or six pages of kind of triumph, but success techniques. Look, I made it by doing this. And so it raises the bar of the profession. I just got my numbers back. I mean, we're super excited. We were number one in Amazon for a month and we've made 141 million impressions in business journals with this book. Because I believe, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it takes a little while at work to do that. So I think the, the success of the book has been that it was, we all got on the same page. Nice. You know, there's a, there's a nice pun for you. Wow, all on the same page on the mission of the book and being able to spread and share it out. Now, here's the thing. And when you get into a book, it's the continual usage of that book. Yes. Right. So people produce books and then they're like, I got 50 of them in my closet. And I'm like, well, why, I mean, why would you do that? So <laughs> I say that your book is your biggest business card. If you're in business, whether it's a side gig or whatever it is, it's your biggest business card. And you should be giving it away as much as your business card because it tells people something about you. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I appreciate that. And we are eager. So we will be. Uh, pointing on all the direction and links below this show so our audience can happily purchase and book that and you can send some autographs to them. That's what I do with my book too as well. Well, thanks for sharing, Deborah. This is wonderful. Now, quickly tell us about how to recognize opportunities when you are young. When someone is young, how to recognize opportunity? Okay, well, I mean, how to recognize an opportunity when you're you're young? I mean, okay. The world is a very abundant place. It's a very abundant place. And I think that there is opportunity everywhere. I I think it comes with the decision to keep your, whether you want to keep third eye or keep your intuitive eye or keep your ears open to seeing what you see and register that, that information as data. Is there someone that you love that is doing something that you're following? Watch and see what they're doing. If you want to create an opportunity, listen, listen to where people are frustrated. Yes. Listen to where people are frustrated. When I was making the, the, everyone's like, you should do a group coaching. Whenever, when I was listening to people, I'm like, what am I going, what am I going to do? I could teach reverse engineering. I could teach it. What am I going to do? And I'm like, there's a lot of people frustrated in the network marketing industry. I hear them say they're frustrated. I see them say they're frustrated. So I am going to make a program called Become a CEO of Your Own Direct Sales Business. It's specifically for people that are frustrated. So if you are looking for an opportunity, you can look to see what's missing in the world by listening to how people are talking. I mean, someone came up with a spatula for a reason because someone couldn't (laughs) flip pancakes with a knife. Like, So you can look to see what's missing and fill it, or you can look to see what's working and tap into it. I like two it. things. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that's a great strategy. I hope they will understand this and uh, take uh, valuable information to get transformation mm-hmm. from that too as well. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're talking about love and money, uh, my next question to you is, please tell us how we can protect a love relationship from not getting too egoistic about money and fame. Because when you're in the direct marketing, you can become overnight sensation and or in a business, an entrepreneur, so you can find a service, a product and become overnight a a millionaire or billionaire, mm-hmm. how we can protect our relationship for not getting too egoistic about money. So our love relationship, you mean the yes, people in yes, our lives, yeah, the people yeah. in our lives. To- okay. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. One is we already talked about it. Meditate, stay calm. And I, I, I remind people in the very beginning, why are you doing this business? Yeah. Why are you doing this business? And when people start to have success, that's a different type of coaching, as you know, because people might be afraid of everything that they wanted. You might, you have to watch out for when they start to sabotage, but if they start to get inflated is the word that I use. If they start to get inflated and lose oneself, they have to find ways to stay in their body and stay with self. That's where I believe a coach is really important because a coach can see things that you're doing that you can't see. And I'll tell you, it's very important to give your coach the permission once you have a rapport, not from the yes. first get go, to be able to call you out, to call you out like, hey, yo, dude, uh, there yes. was a time when you couldn't. And so watch your verbiage. If you hear yourself becoming irritated with the new, 
Yes. Irritated with people that are new. Um, sure. Lack of lack of tolerance, lack of patience. Yes. Go on a vacation. <clears throat> remember who you are. Remember your roots. Listen to some country music. Whatever your music was that took you back to your childhood. Write your story. Remember your story. I think it's important. A lot of people, honestly, when they write their own business story, they yes. remember. Now, the beautiful thing about direct sales is that you are constantly remembering your newness because you have new people coming into your organization that have that glow or that fear or that what have you. So you're doing a lot of remembrance. But the other thing is in your love relationship, having um, having grounded activities and having that person remind you like, True. yo, and staying humble. humble. Like I always people say as much as they wouldn't call me quiet as a person, people will say Deb's quietly professional. I'm like, I'm just, just stay grounded, right? Okay, stay grounded. I appreciate that, uh, Deborah, that what, how you projected that when you inflating by wealth-wise, by monetary gain-wise, tangible-wise, one should not forget about the intangible, uh, the, the value in your relationship is where you started, why you started, and how you grew up. And all of a sudden, when you're making money, one should not take advantage of each other partnership that now I'm big, you are not earning, I'm earning the one, I'm the breadwinner. But when you started, you both were nothing or you both were everything. That mm -hmm. but being humble, I love that word in the dictionary, which is humble, with integrity and courtesy, any relationship can go beyond the imagination. I, I, I believe in courtesy and integrity a lot, as you said, humble. So thanks mm -hmm. for sharing that valuable information. It can transform the people's life, no doubt. Deborah, so, now, thanks for sharing this first second. Let's jump to our second segment, this round called Make the World Happy Round. Are you happy ready? Round. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so ready. I'm Yay. so ready. Let's do it. So, All right. Street answers, rapid fire. All right. What does happiness mean to you? Oh, my gosh. Big question. What does happiness mean to me? Peace. Peace. Okay. What does success mean to you? Satisfaction and legacy. Satisfaction and legacy. Ooh. What does failure mean to you? Inevitable. Ooh, la. Okay, Deborah. Now here is that. You have to choose one. Okay. You have to choose yep. one. What do you like more in your life? Love, sex, money, or fame? Love. Ooh, why? Because that's why we're here. I That's why it. we're here. Like you can, you can, you know, you sex is lovely, yep. but love, love has remembrance. It's resonant, right? Love is, love is longer success without love, yeah. fame Ooh. without love. That to me, that feels discombobulated and hollow, not shallow, yeah. but hollow. So Astonishing. yeah. I love that. I really admire the way you put it at that. And I'm going to listen this again and again because very enlightening and very blissful. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, next, Jim Pan. Do you believe in working harder, smarter, or faster? Or anything else you like? I just, I can only talk from my own experience. And I got to where I was, where I got to where I was got to yes. by working harder. Okay. I think right. it's only with maturity that you turn that harder into smarter. I agree. That's a very profound and very practical yet divine answer. I strongly agree. Here's a salute to you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Deborah, next. Okay. What is the most powerful? A thought, idea, or story? Or all three? Sorry, a part? Uh, uh, like a thought. Thoughts. Uh, okay. So what's more powerful? A thought? Idea? idea or story well it's the oh, thought okay all right that's comes yeah. to us that's what yeah. my that's what my show theme is thoughts ideas and story of the happiest people that's where okay. all the biggest successful conceives and begin and germinate in the spoil of our mind i love it Thank absolutely you. absolutely okay. and that's what we have to work on right that's why we listen to shows like this because if your thoughts aren't aligned with your, you know, how you want that story to end, you got some work to do. Fantastic. Okay, Deborah, you are the queen and you're a genius in your career and business partner. This question is three things which helps to start a new career. Three things that helps to start a new career. A like a long-term determination, like okay. willing to not give up. Um, 
associating and having access to experts. Okay, fantastic. And three, the, the three, the truth is you may not have much in the beginning, yeah. but whatever extra money that you have, pouring it into, I'm telling you right now in my first business, me and my daughter's father, we ate a lot of rice and a lot of peas. Fantastic. I mean, we just didn't have money for both. I agree. And I thanks. That's a very valuable information you're going to start a new career. Now tell us three things which makes a pleasing personality. Oh, makes a pleasing personality. You have pleasing personality. That's where you yes. are. Someone, if you are able to get yourself to a place where you can adapt to the person sitting across the table, then that I believe is a winning personality because whether you're sitting across the table from a king or a yeah. movie star or, you know, a, a fifth grader or whoever, it's you adapt to the environment and don't expect it to be the other way around. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Now, we all are psychic in the way in the universe. We see things, believe in imagination. According to you, quickly, if you can tell, what is the prediction of 2024? next year oh well i do economic you know i mean i i go straight to my my go-to which is kind of economic uh you know premonitions and what have you so here's what i think what's going to happen for 2024 i feel that people are going to be less less burdened and when i say burden what i mean is that i believe that we're all coming out of something and we're realigning this 2023 is an incredible abundant time where people are still a little scrambling there's panic energetically in the air yes. and there's changes that are making impression upon us. And okay. so I think 2024, we're going to come back into a place of alignment. And those people that have taken on three jobs are probably going to really have one strong funneled job. There'll be less confusion. And I think there will be co the collaboration and cooperation movement will be established. It yes. will be a new way of thinking. So when new entrepreneurs come up, they won't think about separateness. They'll be thinking of oneness. Yes. But 2024, I think we'll have a sense of people will understand their new, who they are now in this new time. Fantastic. I admire that. Who they are in a new time. The new time, not the old time. New time. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I'm so delighted. Okay, tell us, who inspires you to, to be the happiest person you are today? Janis Joplin. Oh. Janis Joplin. Okay. Sandeep, thanks for sharing Janice for that. Janis Joplin. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. How do you know someone is broke? How do I know that someone is broke? How do broke I know with financial, especially in the department of Yeah, finance? but how do I know that someone is financially broke? That's a very interesting question. You kind of got me aghast with that. I think Ooh. the only thing, because the only thing that comes to me is that when they tell me. Okay. I mean, right. yeah, when they tell me, tell. because I don't think you can, you, I don't think you can gauge. Yeah, I think when they tell me. Okay. So now this, the second question is opposite to that. How do you know someone is wealthy? According to you, according to me, um, I think they have an ease and flow okay. around when I'm talking to them about costs or when I'm talking to them about projects, you don't feel that resistance. Okay. You have a conversation more about, is it val is it value to value? Do right. they see the value and you, and they have a different way of questioning and understanding where when someone is, is, is broke, we're not able to pay what it is that you're charging or what have you it's yes. the number one question they go to when someone's like you can tell them everything but they're like how much does it cost they okay. might even ask you how much it costs before you even get out the value to them but That's someone it. who has is uh has containment around finance will make the decision based on value not cost what a great example of the broke and the rich, the quality of wealthy and happy people life. I like that. Mm -hmm. So my, you already answered my next question. I will not ask you that, but <laughs> let's go to something related to you, which all women will love. Now, this is the one thing. Please tell us, Debra, never say that specific word or a sentence when a woman is angry. <laughs> when, a, when a woman is angry, never... Gosh, don't, I would say, don't ask her to repeat herself. Okay. All right. This is what Don't ask her to repeat herself. Just, just let it go. Let let it, let it I would go. say, let don't interrupt. Don't, <laughs> don't interrupt. interrupt. Don't ask a question. Then, sure in heck, don't ask her to repeat herself. 
Yeah. My my men audience there, please do not take it personally, but this is how it is. <laughs> she said, never, never interrupt a woman when she's angry. Okay. Yeah, let her let, let her, her do her, her thing. Let her go. Let, let her, her do her thing. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, Deborah, tell us what are the, what is the best money advice you have ever received? Um, the best money advice that I ever received was that for me to be able to attract money in my life, okay. I was gonna have to go backwards and examine the money, uh, the money lies or the money beliefs that I was told as a young girl and see how deep rooted they were. So I was raised on a house, money doesn't grow on trees. I have okay. no freaking clue why someone would say that, yeah. but it was like when you, I was raised in a house of not have, right? Yeah. So it took me a lot to rewire and get my, you know, vo my mother's voice, particularly out of my head. True. And reach further reach you know just go yeah. beyond yeah great so same with me my dad used to tell me also like you know my dad never gave me why would i give you i said well dad you didn't ask several other different time and a different mood and different season <laughs> you would have yeah, asked yeah. only once and you stick to that dialogue my dad didn't ever give me why would i give you happy i said well yeah. you would have a second time or third time and what is my fault if your dad didn't give you you are giving me so you should give me <laughs> I, know, I, I like that. So every every home, every family have the saying and logo, and I like that. So thanks for sharing that. Now, yeah. tell us about what is the worst advice you have ever received regarding oh, your money. Wow, you know what? Here's something interesting. Okay, one of ahead, my, I'll, I'll share with you one of my defaults. Okay. My default as a codependent, or my default as someone who's empathetic, or my default um, was that I really, I. Um, I stay in things too long if they're not working. I'm very hopeful. And so I noticed in my in one of my companies, you know, it cost me financially to stay an extra two two years because I was like hopeful and optimistic and we can make this work. So not knowing when the right time was. Now, um, so staying in relationship with other people, partnerships, or businesses after the obvious is obvious. Okay. Because you're supposed to stay in there and you're supposed to hang in till you're dying, you know? And so I think somewhere I picked that up, that it was better to stay. And yeah. I think also coming from a family where, you know, I experienced, you know, I had, you know, my mom had had a couple of divorces and then I saw how unhappy she was. I was like, well, maybe it's just better to stay. And okay. so I think that overlaid into, I stay too long in situations. And I used to, I don't anymore. I understand what red flags are, even in business. Yeah. I, I ended a collaboration within months, Love even it. though it cost me money. And I was like, whoo, some people would have thought, well, that, that was an awful experience. I'm like, yeah. it could have been worse. So true. I agree with that. Sometimes my assistants will tell me, sir, why did you do not do that business with that person? He cheated you. I said, why are you were saying thanks to him? I said, you know what? It is good in the beginning if somebody cheats, betrays, or hurts you, so you are alert, <laughs> so that you don't let them punish or torture or betray or cheat you for the rest of your life. So I was very thankful for that. So he didn't understand. I understand why it says you remove the people or personal situation smoothly, positively, when if you don't need and you're requiring your life. I agree. Now, tell us about. We talked about money. We talked about career. Now, what is the secret of a health? being optimal oh. of your health or anyone what's the secret of generally about the being healthy yeah so absolutely so i think i talked about it before where yeah. you actually consider yourself valuable more okay. valuable than your you know here's an interesting example so when i'm teaching like brain health in particular and i'm like look at most of us know what to do if you don't know what to do from a general standpoint for healthiness you do know you know that there's exercise and healthy food you know if you're eating out of a plastic bag and there's salty chip. I mean, we all know what to do, but say to, I say this to people, if you owned a thoroughbred racehorse that was running the Kentucky Derby, would you give them Starbucks with whipped cream? <laughs> would you? So I think truly so much starts with diet. So much True. starts with diet. So what we digest, who we associate with, what we watch, what we read, what we listen to plays a major part in our health. And so you know, people are like, oh, it's so expensive to live healthy, but, but there are a lot of things that you can eat that are healthy, that are not expensive and invest in yourself, invest okay. in yourself. Vitamins, good, you know, good products are going to cost some money. 
that we talked about it before, you know, so I, I, yeah, no, I think it's, it's, I think it's about making yourself valuable. Making yourself valuable is the best thing we can do to invest in our health. Thanks so much for sharing that. Now, Deborah, do you agree that one should pick or choose a spouse who is better than you? I think you pick or choose the spouse that makes you want to be a better person. I think you pick or choose a spouse that when they walk in a room, the butterflies go up into your chest and you're like, I can't believe they're mine. Wow. Amazing. That's a lovely, romantic, yet practical answer. I like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. now, what what superpower do you wish people could have always? Oh, the ability to know. The ability to know. The the ability to make the right decision at the right time. That's That's so tough. Good. So tough. Deborah, tell us quick. uh, Do you consider good with money or love? Do I consider that I'm Good. good with money? Yeah, good with money or love, or even both. Um, well, I'm really, really, really good with money. Money, okay, fantastic. Yeah, I'm really, really good with money, and I think <laughs> that I'm an amazing person to be in love with. How's that? Woo! I hey, treat a, I treat my a, people a, treat my people a, very well. I agree. That's a permanent and smart answer you have given right there, both in a smart way and a humble way too. Now. Deborah, these we're almost closing to, to our okay. wrapping up our show. There's a few more questions and we wrap up. Now imagine this is the imagination question, okay? Two imagination questions. One, imagine Deborah, if God or the universe you believe in, if God makes you a man for a day, what will you do more of and less of? Oh, if I if I became a man for a day? Yes. <laughs> so um, what would I do? I, what would I do less of? What would I do more of? Yes. Oh. I mean, the only thing I could think of is I would completely embrace being a man and I would go out in the world and I would just experience what it's like to, um, I don't know, I just, I just think I'd, I'd experience what it's like to be treated like a man. What's okay. it like to really be in a man's head? When I see some, like when I see a woman, what do I think? What do I feel? Like what's, yeah, I would just go out and have as many experiences as a man. Um, maybe I could learn some things <laughs> as okay. I go back to a woman the next day. So that is more of, what is the less of? Um, what would I do less of if I was a man? Um, oh my gosh. I just, I mean, I, you know what? I just, I just, it's I'll, okay. I'll say that I see women and women the same thing, but um, <laughs> I think I'd be stereotypical if I said an, an answer of I do less of sports. I, I just, I don't know. I don't have an answer. No it's answer. Okay. No worries. No, answer. Yeah. no, it's not mandatory. This is not yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a government voting question. It's all good. Now, the second imagine question quickly. Deborah, imagine if you would be the host of the show and if I would be the guest of the show, what question yeah. you would have asked me? Oh, okay. So in terms of, so whatever made you decide that you wanted to do a show around happy people? Well, that's that, a, from? that is a very brilliant question you have asked. I don't want to rush, but I will tell you in few words that the theme of my show and the reason and purpose of my show was my vision since childhood to spread happiness by not, not only being happy by myself, also to spread happiness thoughts, ideas, and story of the happiest people, not millionaire, billionaire, saint, poet, clergyman, or lawyer, anything, happiest people. What I have learned in my journey of life is ultimately, whatever we make or do not make, we seek happiness or we celebrate happiness. So the reason behind my show is I want to bring all the prominent, powerful, intelligent, aristocratic, and successful people like you who are happiest people, not only happy in the money department, how many billions they have made in the six, seven, eight, ten figures, but how many figures in the the lines on their wrinkles on the eyes and the face they have made with happiness. So people mm-hmm. like you who share happiness on the show, that is one of my motive and reason to celebrate the journey on earth. And when if I'm gone from Mother Earth, these shows will be there forever so the other can become more happier than they are. That's it. Nice. Great answer. Great answer. Thanks for being on the show today. Okay. Thank you. So now last two questions and we wrap up now. Now, what what is the message to the beautiful people of the world? What is your message to the beautiful people of the world? Uh, You know what? There's so much beauty in just being yourself. 
Okay. I mean, you have to love you. So get okay with you and get okay bettering you. I, I, I personally believe people are like, how do you do what you do? I've gone from not having to having, and I'm not talking about money yet. Sure. Sure. Of course. I've gone from not having to having, but what I've gone from is being a young, insecure, not sure about myself, comparing myself to others, thinking I'm not this, I'm not skinny enough. I'm not big enough. You know, this part of my body's not big enough. This part of my body's not small enough. I'm not smart enough. I didn't do this. I didn't have a degree. I did. I've come from all those things of what I didn't have, what I didn't, and all that comparable crap to, I wake up in the morning, I frigging gig myself. I might not gig every part of my day. I might be tired. I might be this, but I'll tell you, if someone was to challenge me on how I feel about myself or my mission or my values, not a smart decision for that person. So I have chosen to love who I am, but constantly be moving and growing towards who I want to be. To become, yes. becoming is more important yeah. than so. Thing. Wherever you are on that spectrum, yeah. just and you know, honestly, just make the right next best That's step me. for you. I love that, and Marda, thanks for sharing, Deborah. It is not really important in our relationship or business what are we getting in our relationship or what are we getting in our business. It's most important thing, in my opinion, and learning is what are we becoming in our relationship. What are we becoming in our career? That makes mm-hmm. most impact in our life. Thanks for sharing that. Now, please tell us, Deborah, and last, how did you like this happy conversation idea show? What well, I just <laughs> loved it. It was so refreshing. I mean, this was refreshing. I loved it. I've never had someone ask me questions like that before, and it gets you to think on the spot. And um, it's it, fantastic. Just really like a, the highlight of my day. Okay, fantastic. I'm glad to make your day. And it's a very precious thing that day is very divided into three, eight hours, sleep, work, and relax. So your day has been made by this show. So I'm honored and I'm really sincerely want to say thanks so much. And thanks to all the listeners who are watching and listening. Please let us know that what is the one thing or many thing you take away from the Deborah's thoughts, ideas, and story. We would like to learn and Deborah will reply to as well. Deborah's all information will be mentioned below this uh, link on the show on the YouTube or you can watch or listen on Spotify or Amazon, wherever you podcast channels are. And I want to say and thanks, wherever you are, whoever you are, stay healthy and happy forever. And do not doubt on your intelligence and listen to this show and all the other shows, which makes you more happy. Thanks so much, Deborah, for coming on the show. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much.